0: Welcome to another episode of the Zentensivist Podcast. Today we'll be discussing the post-minimalist renal resuscitation, a case report. As usual, details have been changed to protect privacy. This is an update on a case posted to Twitter in the past. A middle-aged woman with a past medical history of hypertension presented to the emergency department with dysuria decreased urination and malaise. She rapidly developed severe hypotension with mean arterial pressures in the 40s and was resuscitated with 4 liters of normal saline. Initial workup is notable for acute kidney injury with a creatinine 5 times higher than her baseline, though there were no indications for renal replacement therapy identified, and a urinalysis suggestive of urinary tract infection. She admitted to the ICU due to hypotension. A bedside echocardiography on admission reportedly shows normal LV and RV systolic function. You're evaluating the patient on night rounds, which is about 10 hours after admission in that echo, and the nurse reports oliguria with less than 10 mLs of urine per hour, and they note that nephrology consultants recommended continued normal saline at 150 mLs per hour. Should they hang the bag? Anyone knowing my biases can imagine my answer was a resounding no, but let's evaluate this patient further. Starting over One of the challenging pieces of handoffs in medicine, whether it be ED to ICU or within your own team, is making sure to evaluate with a fresh perspective. Vitals are notable for a mean arterial pressure of 66 to 68 with no pressors, heart rates in the 90s, and a respiratory rate of 24. The patient is encephalopathic and only awakens to noxious stimuli. Her capillary refill time is five to six seconds, and this was done by the same method as was done in the Andromeda shock trial. There's a video included at the post that describes this method. In brief, a glass slide is used to depress the distal part of the finger until it completely blanches and then pressure is held for 10 seconds. Thereafter, capillary refill time is measured. This patient is encephalopathic with oliguria and altered peripheral perfusion. This patient is in shock. Because the map was hovering above the cutoff of 65, shock was not previously diagnosed. If we follow the Andromeda shock approach, the next step would be to assess fluid responsiveness. However, we can also learn from this trial that fluid responsiveness at this point in her history is quite unlikely. There's an included diagram from the trial at the post, which shows that at 8 hours after initial resuscitation, only 13 of over 400 patients were still fluid responsive. Further review of medical records revealed this patient was on 4 antihypertensives at home. We tested a higher MAP goal, 75 in this case, with peripherally administered vasopressors. Within 2 hours, urine output rose to 50 mLs per hour and incrementally rose to 100 mLs per hour over the course of the shift. Total duration of vasopressor therapy was about 48 hours. By day 5 of hospitalization, creatinine was near baseline as she recovered from septic shock due to Klebsiella urinary tract infection. Closing There are several take-home points from this case. A comprehensive patient evaluation beyond the map alone is needed to diagnose shock. Think brain, urine, skin. Get on the bus if you like acronyms. For a simple evaluation that requires no gadgets, except a microscope slide for cap refill if you're like me. Otherwise, you could just do it with your hands. A common approach to many cases of acute kidney injury or even oliguria is to throw extra fluid at it and hope for the best. Indiscriminate fluid loading is amongst the least intensivest things we can do. We wouldn't give extra boluses of cefepime if the patient wasn't responding to treatment. We would change our approach. Renal resuscitation requires hemodynamic assessment, as one would do for the rest of the body. Unless the preload is raising the stroke volume, this is for naught. Going a step further, a fluid liberal strategy may be associated with worse outcomes in acute kidney injury, as shown by a recent feasibility trial. While higher MAP targets aren't broadly supportable, there is a rationale for it in select cases for patients with chronic hypertension, more so if you're a fan of subgroup analyses, or to protect renal perfusion pressure. This patient was in overt shock with a MAP at the traditional goal, so a trial was reasonable. Had it not helped, I would have reverted to the prior goal and performed further investigation to find out why the perfusion was altered. One could have subsequently considered an inodilator test, as was done in the Andromeda shock protocol. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Intensivist podcast, and we'll see you next time.